Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. If you are able to physically, uh, would you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of the Lord this afternoon? I'm going to read one verse of Scripture found in the writings of the Apostle Paul, the church at Galatia. He wrote to the Galatians a letter. We're going to kind of peek into it and read one little sentence, verse number 9, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. He uh, speaks a very short phrase, a short sentence, but it's so powerful. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Let me read that again. Let us not be weary in well-doing. How many believe a child of God ought to be doing well, doing good things? In your life. Amen. Paul says, don't get weary doing that, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I'm going to preach for a little while from this subject with the help of the Lord. Keep on keeping on. Turn to your neighbor and say that. Keep on keeping on. God, we know that you know what you want to do in the lives of those that you have brought to this service today, in the lives of those that you motivated to watch this service online, and we just pray in everybody's life, have your way as your word goes forth tonight. Have your way uh, this afternoon in the going forth of it, in the receiving of it, and in the fruit that grows from it. We thank you for it. We ask it all in your will and in your name. Somebody said, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Several years ago, I came across a letter, a copy of a letter written to the President of the United States over a century ago. How many know what a century is? It's 100 years. So this letter was written over 100 years ago. In fact, uh, I gave it one year to our departmental directors at one of our annual planning sessions. I want to read it for you this afternoon. It it's written to President Jackson. The date is January 31st, 1829. He writes, The canal system of this country is being threatened by the spread of a new form of transportation known as railroads. The federal government must preserve the canals for the following reasons, Mr. President. Number one, if canal boats are supplanted by railroads, serious unemployment will result. Captains of the boats, cooks, drivers, hostlers, repairmen, and lock tenders will be left without means of livelihood, not to mention the numerous farmers now employed in growing hay for the horses. Number two, boat builders would suffer, and tow-line whip and harness makers would be left destitute. Number three, canal boats are absolutely essential to the defense of the United States. In the event of the expected trouble with England, the Erie Canal would be the only means by which we could ever move the supplies so vital to waging modern war. As you may well know, Mr. President, railroad carriages are pulled at the enormous speed of 15 miles per hour. 
by engines which, in addition to endangering life and limb of passengers, they roar and snort their way through the countryside, setting fire to crops, scaring the livestock, and frightening women and children. These railroad things are scary, aren't they? The Almighty, he closes his letter by saying, never, certainly never intended that people should travel at such breakneck speed. Sincerely yours, Martin Van Buren, Governor of New York. Uh, I read that to make a point simply to say this. The future, sometimes it scares us, doesn't it? It brings fear. It brings trepidation. We don't know the future. I think that's what it is about it that scares us. It's the unknown part. Uh, in fact, I would venture to say there are some people here today that are worried about the future. I want to tell somebody today, don't be afraid of the future. You might think the future is your enemy, but it's not. It's really your friend. But it can only be your friend if you possess it in conjunction with a very important ingredient called vision. In fact, where there is no vision, there is no future, at least not a good one. It was Solomon of old who once wrote, where there is no vision, the people perish. One meaning of the word vision is to be coerced, to be compelled, or to move forward. In other words, where there is no vision, there's nothing to motivate us on, to compel us to be what God wants us to be and to do what God wants us to do with our lives. Without vision or without the ability to look ahead of us and realize that our future holds more than just what we can see, what meets the eye at the moment, without that, many of us would succumb to the devil's tricks, and some do, I'm sad to say to despondency and despair and discouragement, uh, or maybe even just to sit down wherever we are and stay there. But I'm here today to tell somebody who may be wrestling with that temptation, God does not want us to despair over what we are facing in our life today. God does not intend for us to be sidetracked by anything that we may be wrestling with. In fact, God wants us to keep on keeping on. Edwin Burke once wrote, Never despair, but if you despair, press on and work on in despair. Paul said it like this, Don't be weary or get tired in doing the right thing, in living life the way you know God wants you to live it, because he said, You shall reap someday. There will be a payday someday. The sun will shine again someday. There will be good things happen once again someday in your life. Uh, I, I want to tell somebody here today that we will reap a, har a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged enough to give up. That's it. Just don't give up. Refuse to give up. 
Keep on pressing on. Keep on uh, working. Keep on keeping on. There is something worth holding on in your life, holding on to that God has given you that is worth you just putting down your roots a, a little bit deeper for a little bit longer than you have before. There's something waiting that God has for you in the future just ahead that it is worth you waiting on God. Just a little bit longer. It might be over the horizon, out of your sight, but I promise you it's there. I said it's there. It's there, and you're going to reap if you faint not, if you can just keep on keeping on. I'm reminded of the young man in history. You've all heard of him. You'll remember who it is eventually by the time I end up telling you about him. He was a young man who failed miserably many times in his life in both business and politics. The two things he was determined he was going to succeed at. He began by starting a small business, which soon failed. So then he decided to run for the legislature, and he lost. He then started another business, which also failed. Three years later, wouldn't you know it, he suffered a nervous breakdown. A year after his breakdown, he was defeated for two more public offices. And then when he finally decided to run again, he ran for Congress and then the Senate and then the position of the Vice President of the United States, and he was defeated every time. He ran for Senate one more time and was defeated. And uh, I guess you would think that by this time, anybody with half a grain of sense in their mind would have given up. But this man ran for office one more time. And finally, in the year 1860, Abe Lincoln was elected president of the United States. Don't ever give up. Don't ever let go of what God has promised you. Uh, he realized his dream because he decided to do that one simple thing, one very hard thing sometimes, but it's only one, one and only one thing to do. It's the goal uh, of never giving up. Somebody here today needs to look beyond the problems that the devil is trying to drag you down with uh, and keep your focus on. You need to go beyond those problems. You need to go beyond your burdens. Uh, God knows about the burdens, beyond your heartaches. God knows about every one of the heartaches. You need to keep going on beyond your troubles. You need to keep going on beyond the sickness in your body, beyond your failures of your past, beyond your circumstances, whatever they may be, you just need to keep on keeping on. I'm telling you, saints, we've got a reason, if anybody does, to keep on keeping on. There's something from that other shore that I can hear calling my name that's calling, just keep on going. Don't give up. Don't, don't stay where you are. Keep coming this way. You're going to reach it sooner or later. Folks, we can't stay where we are. If you stay where you are, you'll blow up or you'll dry up and blow away or you will surely die. But you've got to keep on keeping on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
And like Paul promised in Galatians, God has promised a blessing if we'll just keep on keeping on. Keep going when things don't work out the way you want them to. Keep going on when you fail. Keep going on when you can't see the way. I believe that revival is ours, church. Victory is ours. Success is ours. If we just don't give up, if we just can't quit, if we just keep going on. I'm going to tell you a little secret today. In fact, you need to write this in your Bible or somewhere. If you're not going to do it now, do it when you get home. Write it somewhere where you'll see it often. It's three words, three of the most powerful words of advice anybody will ever give you. I'm about to give it to you right now. Don't give up. That's it. Don't turn back. Refuse to quit. And just keep on keeping on. You know, I, I'd like to tell somebody here today that feels like you can't do that, who feels like maybe you're up against a wall with whatever it is that you're facing. It just refuses to go away. Uh, I'm going to tell you here today, God will help you if you don't give up. God will get you through it. God will get you out of it. Hello? Sometimes we're like the children of Israel, God's people in the Old Testament. Many times they got to the place where they didn't know what to do and they didn't know where to go. And so they just kept on going on and, and, and following God. And maybe for somebody here today in this room this afternoon, it's, a, it's an illness in your body that just, just won't go away. Or somebody's disappointed you. Or somebody's let you down. Or maybe you're afraid. It's a fear that grips your heart. Or sorrow of some kind. Maybe it's your lonely. It's a loneliness that seems to nag at you. Or a hurt or a discouragement or just simply some kind of ache on the inside that just will not go away. Whatever it may be, the Bible promises you if you'll throw your lot in with Jesus Christ and say, I'll be a king's kid. I'll be a Christian. I'll walk with you, Jesus, the rest of the way through life. I'll quit giving myself the orders. I'll take my orders from you. God says if you will do that, you will reap if you just keep on keeping on. There will be a harvest of great blessings in store for you sometime, somewhere down the road of your life. God is on record, my friend. He said it. And if he said it, it's going to happen. There's nothing in this universe that can take that away from you or keep it from happening. The only thing that can stop it from coming to pass is you. If you give up, but if you refuse to give up and you keep on going on. If you say, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to put one foot in front of the other. I don't want to even want to get out of bed today, but I'm going to do it. And I'm going to go through the day and I'm going to call on God. I'm going to keep on trusting. I'm going to keep on believing in God. I'm going to keep on loving him. I'm going to keep on trying. I'm going to keep on pressing on. I'm going to keep on keeping on. Somebody just needs to hang in there just a little bit longer. So 
Somebody needs to get down on your knees one more time and say, God, you know where I am. And then get back up and say, I can do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Some of you need to take this verse and personalize it and say, I shall reap if I just keep going. I'm going to make it if I keep on keeping on. Hallelujah. If you have more questions than you have answers today, you just need to hang on a little while longer and keep on keeping on. Hallelujah. I have, I have used this before, but I feel to use it again today. It's a fascinating story for six arduous, grueling, lonely months. The miner tunneled through the granite limestone and shale, digging his way into the heart of the mountain. For every outward appearance, the play of the color in the streams and the creeks below this point, all of the geological signs pointed to the fact that somewhere in this place, on this mountain, hidden deep in its inner recesses, was the gold-bearing ore. But after long months of drudgery and digging and getting his hands uh, to the point where they were bleeding from digging with just a shovel day after day after day, all day long in discouragement because not one trace of gold had been found yet in discouragement. The prospector buried his candle that gave him light. He buried his pick that he used to dig with and his dynamite at the very end, the extreme end of the tunnel that he had dug. And there he abandoned his dream in bitter disappointment. Years passed by, and then with amazing swiftness, the Eastern Mining Company, true story, who was aware of the progress of the mine that the old man had dug himself many years ago, they bought the rights and they planned to reopen and rework the mine. Soon the work began. The debris was cleared away. The fallen rock removed. And when the end of the tunnel was reached, they found the rusty remains, years old, of the, the prospector's pick, the time-worn candles, and the unused dynamite. They began excavation work immediately, and they dug six inches further in from where the old prospector had quit and struck gold. This mine in Northern California proved to be one of the richest discoveries since the early days of the gold rush in that state. Only six inches further on was the gold that would have made that old prospector rich. Oh, if he had just kept on keeping on. Would you consider with me today the tragedy of those lost six inches? Discouragement tugged at his heart, and he buried his candles just six inches too soon. He threw his pick and his shovel down in despondency just six inches from the goal. 
If only his determination had, had had the stamina for six more inches, and if he had only sacrificed for six inches more, then all of his lifelong dreams would have come to pass because all of the things that being rich could have provided him would have been fulfilled if he had only kept keeping on. Napoleon Bonaparte said there is 15 minutes, a 15-minute window of time in every battle on the battlefield when victory could go either way. And he said the general who throws in, listen to me now, this is not the hour to hold back in our faith. This is not the time to quit. This is not the time that we should be quitting on God. Napoleon said the general who throws everything that he has into the battle at that moment at that time will win I am telling somebody here today there is no other quality more crucial to your success there is nothing in this life that is more vital to your survival than simply the will to keep on keeping on that little old lady got a healing from Jesus after being sick for 12 long years when she reached out and said, I'm just going to touch the hem of his garment. She kept on keeping on. Blind Bartimaeus got his sight, who'd never seen before he was healed, when he said no to everybody who told him to shut up, be quiet, Jesus doesn't want to see you. He went to Jesus and said, would you help me? David defeated his giant, and the early church turned their world upside down for Jesus, all because they refused to give up. They would not shut up, and they would not sit down, and they refused to be quiet, and they just kept on keeping on. I said they kept on, and they kept on, and they kept on, and they kept on keeping on. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you right now, my friend? The book says it with God. We shall reap if we'll just keep on keeping on. I know, I can hear it now, I can hear it in this place, not with my natural ear, the actual sound waves traveling through the atmosphere in this room, but in my spirit, I can hear it. But preacher, you don't know what I'm going through. It doesn't matter. Keep on keeping on. But you don't know how tough it's been on me. It doesn't matter. Keep on keeping on. But you don't know where I've come from. You, you, you can't believe how hard it is. doesn't matter. God has promised. And if you believe God, then you're going to be all right. He said he would never leave us, never forsake us. But he would go with us to the end of our world. I'm telling you, he promised he wouldn't put on us more than we could bear. He promised us grace. Grace. What's that? It'll cover everything. It'll get you through everything. You just need to make up your mind. I'm just going to keep on keeping on. I am not going to stop. I'm not going to give up. I may be tired and I may hurt.
and I may be sick, and I may be weary, but I'm just going to keep on keeping on. Let me close with this as our musicians come. There's a place in the Old Testament. It was a mountain. It wasn't really a mountain the way we think of it. It was more like a hill higher than the rest of the territory. It was called Mount Moriah. Moriah was famous in the Old Testament for two or three different reasons. It was a place where important things happened. It was a place where Jacob had his wrestling match with the Lord in the form of an angel late one night. He thought that he and his entire family was going to be wiped out the next day, and so he decided to have a prayer meeting. That's what some of you need to do. You need to go lock yourself somewhere all night long in a place and get with God until you know that you know that you know everything's going to be all right. Moriah was the place where uh, the good things happened to several different people, but I'm, I'm just going to tell you about one. It was a turning point for a man called Abraham. You see, in... in the night that Jesus was crucified or the night before he was crucified he went to a place of prayer one last time in a garden it was called Gethsemane and that's really where the battle of Calvary the battle of the cross was fought and won by the time those Roman soldiers started driving those big old huge stakes through the bones in his hands and his feet to attach him to that old rugged cross, he'd already won because he'd already made up his mind he was going to keep on keeping on till the end. But it was in the garden that that battle was fought, the Garden of Gethsemane. And, and, and if you'll read it, take it out and read it tonight when you get home or sometime this week. It says he took his 12 disciples into the garden with him to pray. And then it says, he left the rest of them behind, and he went, it says, a little further on. It says he went beyond where any of them were. And it was there that he prayed, and great drops of blood came out of his sweat glands. The battle was so intense within him as he prayed, Father, I... I don't really want to do this. Did Jesus say that? Sure he did. I'm using my words. But he said, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. In other words, let's do, let's do this some other way. If there's any other way than me having to go to that cross, I want to know what it is. But I'm so glad he added, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And he did that at a place that was beyond where everybody else was. At Mount Moriah, Abraham, he went there because God had told him to take his only son Isaac there 
it was there that God said to him, kill Isaac. Now, I, I, I don't know what that would do to you, but I, I can't tell you what, how I would react if God said to me, I want you to kill one of your children. I'm not sure that I could do it. But there comes a turning point in every one of our lives where we decide whether or not we are going to place our life in the will of God and stay there. And if we do that, here's what we're saying. We're saying, God, no matter what happens, I'm going to keep on keeping on. But to do that, we've got to go like Jesus did in the garden and like Abraham did when he turned to his servants who were traveling with him and Isaac and said to them, y'all don't need to come up to the top of the mountain with us. And the Bible says he went a little beyond them. We're going to go yonder to the mountain and worship. You have got to make up your mind that if you're going to have the complete total victory in your life that God meant for you to have the day you were born and thus have all the good things and the blessings that God wants to bring your way. You are going to have to make up your mind that you're going to go beyond all of those things that would hinder you and hold you back and keep you from going there where God wants you to go. Is it always pleasant? No. Is it fun? No. The church, this church, has some people in it today that prove they're not here by accident, but it's because they have been willing to go past and in spite of every obstacle, every hindrance, every hurt, every disappointment, to keep on keeping on. And there's things that's going to happen at your Moriah, just like they did in the Bible, that won't happen anywhere else because it's at Moriah that you go beyond whatever is trying to sidetrack you, whatever lies the devil's trying to whisper in your ear to get you to believe that aren't true, to keep you from selling out everything to God everything he can to convince you to quit, sit down, be quiet, and don't do this no more. You've got to go beyond all of those things. And and I know that I'm talking today to people that are at different uh, levels of, of their relationship with God and different stages of spiritual maturity. And I, I don't know where most of you are exactly today or what it is that you're facing but I do know this you have got to get to that place where you come face to face with that thing that is that that is wanting to hold you back and you do this you decide to keep on keeping on Mariah is a place where God spared Abraham's son. He didn't have to kill him because God said, now I know, Abraham, that you really do trust me completely. 
So every head is bowed and every eye closed. I do do this, ask you to do this so that you can concentrate on one thing right now that you need to concentrate on. You need to understand God lets people go through certain circumstances because he's trusting in you to keep on keeping on. And when you do, when you come to your Mariah in your life, I'm telling you, you're going to affect everybody around you and everybody that knows you and everybody that you come in contact with. You see it in the lives of people in the Bible and people that we know in life over and over again. People who went beyond their circumstances and beyond situations who would not stop. They just said, I'm going to keep on keeping on. And they surrendered themselves to the purpose and the will of God in their life. And what a difference it made in their world. God is calling somebody here today. You may be struggling with whatever it is that you're in. You, you, you may be entertaining thoughts of giving up or getting out of the race. And the Lord is saying to you, if you will do this thing, then I will. If you'll hold on, then I'll take you through. I am absolutely convinced there is no power that can stop, that can hold back, that can defeat a child of God if they'll just keep on keeping on. Paul wrote to Galatia. He said, if you just keep on keeping on, you will reap. God hasn't made a way just for a, a select few, the super spiritual folk. No, he's made a way for everybody in this house this afternoon. And wherever you're at and whatever you're facing, you will make it if you'll just keep on keeping on. I'm asking everybody here today that wants to do that, if you want to keep on keeping on, would you make your way out of your seat down to the front, find a place to pray. It doesn't mean you're backslid or you're, you don't have a relationship with God or you're not right with God. It just means, Lord, I want to keep on keeping on. And I'm, I'm honest enough to admit to you, I need your help to do that. I think that's all of us, don't you? Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. Calvary Church is located at 406 North 44th Street in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Service times are Sunday school at 1 p.m. every Sunday, except the last Sunday of each month, and worship service at 2 p.m. Also, we have an all-church service at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Calvary Church is affiliated with the United Pentecostal Church International. Thank you, and have a blessed day.